Hey everybody, welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week we are continuing Metal March, and we are getting into the 90s. The 90s. The 90s. The 90s. <laughs> so let's get into it. Say something for the record. Tell the people what you feel. Fuck the record. And fuck the people. Yeah, so super excited for this one, boys. Uh, the 90s were a weird time in metal, but uh, in my humble opinion, I think it was a good one as well. I'm excited to see what you guys thought. Who the hell is this who, guy? Who is that? Oh. Clearly. Hey. That sounds like a fourth member of a podcast <laughs> voice. <laughs> yeah, it's not as silky smooth as Louie's. I apologize. <laughs> um, but hi, I am Ben. The uh, Ben is he. Yes. I am Ben. Welcome back, Whee! Ben. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to be here, boys. And I get to talk about something that's not EDM this time. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited. I get yeah. to prove <laughs> that I don't just listen to EDM. True. I never believed it anyway. Uh, how how do you guys feel like coming into this episode? Uh, this I mean this is or this playlist I guess. I mean I, this is I, metal is my thing, and '90s and 2000s metal is my thing. So I felt good. I had a lot of hard cuts. There was a lot of songs. This is the first time where I struggled to cut down to five rather than picking five. Um, like some made some hard cuts. Seven Dust got cut, which was a shame to me because I love Seven oh, Dust. Oh, I forgot about Seven. Yeah, man. Waffle. Damn, Waffle. Huh. Denial. Yeah, Denial. I mean, just some really good like Seven Dust cuts. Like it's Seven Dust is like really good beginner metal. Like if you're not sure about it and you want to like try like dip your toe into metal, Seven Dust is great for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited to talk about '90s metal because there's so much good stuff there. A lot of my favorite metal is from the '90s. This is probably around the time most of us like got into metal anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah like new sure. metal age stuff like that towards the end of the decade. Yeah, I mean, I was born in '89, right? So as the decade went on, it just made, I became more comfortable with listening to my own music. Uh, and Kevin was starting to get into it, uh, you know, through through Jason, yeah, who was getting me into it as well. So yeah, they, there's so much nostalgia associated with it for me, but at the same time, I think it's good music for the most part yeah i think it's a lot of it still holds up yeah and i think there's a lot of this is where music was very transformative uh, a lot of people were trying to like break the mold do different genres and that's how we got grunge that's how we got new metal yep. that's how we got a lot of cool sounds and i think a lot of our picks are an experimentation on just not just metal kind of the same way last week we did like there was a lot of hair metal and then there was like true metal that yeah people boots on the ground were actually listening to and not yeah. just not just <laughs> what's on the radio very topical <laughs> reference there <laughs> yeah boots yeah, on the ground yeah, their boots on the ground in the you know <laughs> eastern the, european <laughs> conflict of the 90s yes as that so, iron curtain fell well, i guess that was late 80s but whatever <laughs> but yeah that it's kind of it's this felt more organic for me yeah where i wasn't just like scouring playlists and trying to find things that i liked this felt a little more like oh i do know these songs i do remember a lot of these songs and my dad playing these songs yeah. so there's a lot of really cool feelings for me just like i did not realize how much 90s metal was ingrained in me and how much i didn't realize was metal because mm-hmm. in in a lot of people's minds metal is like this big scary yeah. monster who yeah, it doesn't have to be who growls at you and 
until you go away. And this is not necessarily <laughs> that. So I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, you want to do audience submissions? Yeah, we can do those first. Let's let's do them. I'll do uh, Louis first. Louis is "Go to Hell" by Megadeth. Is that his song? No, that's not his. That's song. his submission. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. my bad. Sorry, guys. When you break the rules, I get confused. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll read Louis's email real quick, and it says, first take like a motherfucker." Another decade in the books, <laughs> gents. Uh, some good picks that I was not familiar with this round, but. How do you pick the least metal track from the Black Album for a metal track or metal playlist, Ben? I knew that was going to be it. He told me he got something for me. Uh, my addition to the list, uh, Megadeth's Go to Hell from the soundtrack of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, or as I call it, Anti-Sandman. This song was released one month before uh, Metallica's Black Album and sets a tone for where Megadeth was going musically for the decade. It's 90s, it's Megadeth, it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into his song of the show later on, but... Yeah, I loved his pick. Yeah, I do too. I, I love Megadeth because they are... Dave Mustaine fucking hates Metallica. And I don't remember why. I think it's because he tried out to be their guitarist and they said no. I think yeah. that's what it was. Um, but it's really funny because Megadeth is just a band that is anti-Metallica. And so the fact that these songs sound almost identical. The main riff is pretty similar. They open with the same Lord's Prayer. Um, it's just really funny. And Dave Mustaine is a funny guy. Um, and I love, I like, he kind of, like, Megadeth stumbled into being really good when it was really just a, it was just a troll on Metallica. Like, fuck you, I'm going to make an awesome metal band if you want. <laughs> I'm going to take my ball and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I love, I love the song and I love Megadeth, so. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those weird things, like, I knew about the Dave Mustaine, like, feud with yeah. Metallica when I was growing up, but I was such a big Metallica fan that I just didn't allow myself to give Megadeth that shot. But once I got older and realized that's dumb, uh, I started to listen to them more. And yeah, this this song kicks ass. It's it's perfectly their style for what I've found so far. Um, that really clicks with me. So it's it's shocking to me that we've gone through the '80s and the '90s and we didn't have Symphony of Destruction on there. Yeah, that's a fucking awesome track. But it's also low hanging fruit, so that's fine. Yeah, especially something that is held like near and dear to our heart. It's. It's hard not to zig when you expect, like everyone expects you to zag, so you're going to zig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you end up picking things that you wouldn't necessarily have picked any other time. Um, what what do we got for our second pick? Uh, for Jason, my older brother. Again, he is the uh, he is the shepherd for me into the metal world, and by proxy Ben as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he picked Jack the World by Guar, and Guar is by far Jason's biggest influence on both of us. I mean, he's a Guar super fan. He like. I think some of the band members know who he is. It's like he's just been to so many Guar shows. Um, so Jack the World by Guar. This is Guar at their, like, this is what Guar actually sounds like. I like a lot of their hard rock stuff more, um, but they're a hardcore punk band. And um, so they're not even really a metal band, but I think their live show makes them a metal band more than anything else. And they do have some metal-esque tracks, like Ragnarok is a hard rock slash metal track. Um, we'll be talking about that later, spoilers, but... Uh yeah no Jack the World's fucking awesome I love Guar and I love their punk shit so much yeah I I so of the two well I guess it's not I mean Guar is just weird they're they're their own yeah. thing Guar's Guar um of the two main versions you get a Guar though I I also I go towards the uh, heavy rock more than the the punk sounding of Guar but I like this song um and it, so Guar either I love it 
or I hate it. So if it's not in the hated category, yeah, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be grooving to it. Yeah, yeah, I like this song better than the one we have later. Yeah, I already said that before totally the show. I'm, I'm bummed I said it before the show. But. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I was I was gonna pick "Sick of You," which I think is their most popular song. It's fucking awesome. It's what they it's what they opened their show with when I saw them last, and it's just a great fucking punk anthem. Um, so. Listen to Sick of You. It's fucking awesome. I was kind I of expecting we watched, Meat Sandwich. Well, we've already done Meat Sandwich. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Meat Sandwich. Is that the one where they run through L.A.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, when he plays basketball with Jesus and yeah. takes him to the hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into our picks. Who wants to go first? We'll let Benny Boy go yeah, first. Benny, 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 Benassi. Oh. All right. I'll take it. Um, let me scroll all the way down to the bottom here. All right. Oh, hell yeah. So we're kicking this off with Desire, Desire. by Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> hell yeah. So my hot, so I have hot takes for all these. I don't know if I mentioned it or not yet, but um, my hot take for this is I feel like I keep, just keep saying this my whole life, but Ozzy really kicks ass. Zach Wilde in this song lays down riff after riff that bring all the energy of hair metal without any of the cheese. And I really, really believe that. Um, this song just carries a ton of energy. That guitar squeal that goes into every chorus, it, oh man, I'm moist every freaking time. Yeah. And I, I get the arms moving with it, the whole windmill action. And there's this is off of No More Tears album from 91, which that whole album kicks ass front to back. Um, and it's just so freaking impressive to me that this this man has managed to stay relevant through what six or seven decades of music now he's yeah. still putting shit out there and i know he's working on another album right now and i can't wait for it because I've, I've liked every single album i've ever heard yeah of. i mean his last album was good it yeah. came out what two years ago yeah it was awesome the one before that scream i think was 2010 yeah. let me hear you yeah scream. that's yeah. that that was awesome um and i have a fun fact for this one as well um, this is one of, I think, four on this album that were co-written by Lemmy Kilmeister yeah, of man. Motorhead. Yeah, we don't have any Motorhead either, which is a fucking shame. Yeah. I fucking love Motorhead. Lemmy's a god. Um, but, you know, whatever. We can't cover everything. Yeah, yeah. we can't. Not with 15 songs. No. Um, you want me to go? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this could easily have been like labeled or misplaced as a, a, a song from the 80s playlist. But I think, like you said, that it loses that cheese that yeah. we had from like hair metal. And Ozzy just like gets better with time. He is a fine wine. And uh, he's really refined his sound here with those soaring guitars. And that the guitar solo that's like three quarters through the way of the song. Yeah. It's like, God, I, yeah. you can't help but smile. Yeah. Um, and I think I like his solo stuff way more than Black Sabbath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. And I think that's just because of time. Like taking time to get better. Yeah. A lot of times you enjoy bands' first albums, and then your everything else is kind of a downhill slope from there. But he actually gets better with time, and I think that's just because he cares and he he cares about metal. So yeah, yeah, man, fucking Mister Zach Wild. Hell yeah. That's I mean, Ozzy's saying Mister Zach Wild is almost as iconic as anything Ozzy's ever done. So Zach Wild is a per- match made in heaven. I mean, Randy Rhodes is a great guitarist. I yeah. think that's was Ozzy's perfect guitarist, but Zach Wild came along. And brought in a different flair to it. Um, and I fucking love Zach Wilde. He may be my favorite guitarist of all time. Um, we're definitely doing one, maybe two Zach Wilde <laughs> tracks. We're going to do a Zach Wilde and a Black Label Black Society uh, song next week. Um, but yeah, no. He, he, um, 
I always think Ozzy is overrated, and I've, I've had this argument with Ben a bunch of times until I listen to Ozzy. And then I'm like, no, this dude, he fucking kicks ass. Like, he's undeniable. He is, you know, he is one of the godfathers of metal. Um, he's He really kind of made metal, gave it its edge, essentially. It gave it a look, and that's something that can't be understated. But it also gave it a sound. Like, it, like again, a lot of Ozzy stuff isn't super heavy, but it is but it is in its own way. It's kind of the same vein of run to the hills from last week where it doesn't have to sound dark and brooding it can still be creepy uh and halloweenish without all of that fucking uh, you know what i mean so uh yeah it, this track is 80s metal refined yeah to a like a defined diamond because it does it sounds very 80s ish still this still sounds this sounds very much like it could have been on bark at the moon yeah um but it's not and it's 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 got more better production quality all that shit so yeah, great pick. Uh, so Ozzy has to be on this list um, as much as possible this month. So uh, I'm pumped he's here. Yeah. yeah, and I really do think Zach Wild. Like Randy Rhodes was amazing, but Zach Wild was just it's the perfect pair yeah. with Ozzy. It, it just makes sense the way he plays goes perfectly with his voice, and the energy he brings makes it a uh, makes it perfect for a track specifically like this. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta send you guys the um, Zach Wild playing an acoustic Black Sabbath cover on a Hello Kitty guitar. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. It sounds awesome. It's great. Um, you want to go next, Bill? Uh, you can go. Okay, we'll just go the list backwards. Just doing maximum scrolling here, Bill. Well, I, I I'll go. You know, what? <laughs> no, it's okay. You know what? Forget I got it. it. No, I'm sorry. I'm being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, my first pick. Uh, this again was a no-brainer for me. As soon as I knew we were doing '90s metal. It had to be Domination by Pantera. Again, this is not my favorite Pantera song. There's a lot of other songs that I like better. But this has the best, bar none, metal instrumental of all time. The fucking... I, I, I actually acted this out for Ben earlier at my apartment. Um, the, the fucking chugs, that's the gates of hell. But when Dimebag starts shredding again over top of that chug, that's Satan coming around the corner and just walking. Like, imagine the Balrog from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Just this fiery, imposing figure. And that he's, like, walking into that fucking... It's fucking... Yeah, it's so fucking good. And that's what I want Hell to sound like when I inevitably end up there. <laughs> if it does if, if Domination isn't playing at the gates of Hell, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm just not going to go. They can't make you. They can't make me. <laughs> Who's going to make me? Not the devil. Because um, <laughs> he doesn't even like Pantera. He doesn't even like fucking Pantera. Um, yeah, no, man. It's it, This is this is metal as fuck. And Vinny and Dimebag absolutely fucking crushed this track. Um, the drums are incredible. They they punctuate Dimebag's playing perfectly. Um, R.I.P. Dimebag. We lost. If, if he was still alive, he would be my favorite guitarist alive. Um, so we've got my two favorite metal guitarists of all time back to back here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dimebag more than anyone, uh, not just on this song and this album, but it just in general in Pantera, he made super heavy riffs super accessible to everyone. Um, and because they, they these are some of like, listen to Primal Concrete Sledge. That song is thrash and hard to listen to, but it's the most accessible thrash that could possibly exist. Uh, so I think listening to Dimebag and knowing that metal could be melodic and still fucking brutal as shit, that informed the metal that I like more than anything. So I have Dimebag to thank for my love of the type of metal that I like. It's the reason I like Ginger and Gojira today because they kind of play, they don't sound like Dimebag, but they have that same kind of melodic sensibility. 
Um, and it's different from like Metallica's m- melodic, uh, melodic stuff. It's just different. It's heavier. It's got more of a fucking brutal edge to it. Um, whereas Metallica's more of like a clean brutality. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I could have just picked all Pantera songs. I was really tempted to and just fucking bl- just ruined the playlist. But um, they're the best metal band of the 90s, and there's no debate in my mind. So, um, yeah, Domination. What do you guys think? Yeah, so this is my white whale, yep. Pantera. Um, I, I, Kevin and I were talking about this on the way over, but um, I, I know I will love Pantera once I finally dig in and really get my uh, get my teeth sunk into them. Um, I just never seem to get around to it for whatever reason. Um, but I, I knew Domination well going into this. And this song, it's fucking amazing. Front to back. Um, the guitarists are like crisp yet dirty. Um, and it almost every note sounds like it's a chord. It might be. Um, and these spicy riffs served up on a plate of hearty bass creates one of the tastiest dishes of 90s metal. And the the vocalist, and uh, Phil Anselmo, he really delivers on this one too. Um there's been some Pantera where I don't always love his voice, but I know, like on this one, absolute dynamo. Um, yeah, so I can't, I really honestly can't freaking wait until I finally take that dive. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, that's the that's the whole point of the the show right yep. here. Uh, I I definitely see why Kevin picked this song. Um, I I'm gonna use the word tasty too because I think it's appropriate. The chugs are tasty and. Um, the song just had a level of grime that you would expect it to be like playing at a dive bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's I. I would fucking lose my shit if I heard this at <laughs> yeah. a dive bar. I'd fucking fight everybody in there. I just want to drink bushed, bush light in a bush. can, same as we are right now. Mm-hmm. I want to drink in a can for fifty cents, and I want to listen to this band uh, live and just like, just see the dirtiest people. Oh, it's domination. Just head banging, but also like that that guitar solo that leads straight into the chugs. Oh man, yeah, that was like, oh wow, this is just like the best music ever. <laughs> yeah, that's and, uh, <laughs> and it's cool to have those thoughts because I've always liked Pantera. I've always kind of been a surface level, and I yeah, I think it would be fun to do a deep dive. So when Ben Ben, when you do it, I'll do it with you. Hell yeah, because I need I need to hell, do it hell, well. yeah. hell yeah, hell <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we were referencing that that <laughs> that video. might make it into our intro. So <laughs> you'll get it later. Um, or you've already gotten it. Uh, my first pick. Yes. Disengage the Simulator by CKY. Yeah, dude. What, what? Uh, this song could, could probably be mistaken as a Pearl Jam song by the vocals, um, but I'll be damned <laughs> if the guitars and bass don't make my heart sing. Can, can, I, can I go? Yeah, I'm not interrupting you, dude. <laughs> You're just SMHing. It's throwing off the vibes. <laughs> we got bad vibes in here. Bad duties. Um, I felt bad after pooping on CKY the last couple weeks, and... In preparation for the '90s, I discovered I actually really enjoy them, and I think it just—it just had to be my idea <laughs> yeah, to sure. listen to them, and sure. I had to like find the songs that worked for me. Yeah. And uh, "Disengage the Simulator," um, it's like maybe like three steps away from being like dad divorced dad rock, yeah, which sure. we'll get into later. Um, but I'm—I was having a really good time listening to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, early CKY was not what I was expecting, especially after last week. Yeah. So, um, but I'm really happy you've kind of seen the light a little bit, whether, you know, 
whether it's you know the petty reason that it had to be your idea it's fine with me i don't give a shit as long as you like it that's yeah. that's all i care about um i'm not even going to touch that pearl jam comment um it's <laughs> the just vocals so it's, sound it's like so, a pearl. it's just so insulting <laughs> um but anyway i don't know who it's insulting to if it's insulting to cky or pearl jam but somebody's not happy <laughs> okay you know when you're not super in depth with like bands yeah it's kind of like when you compare Hot Milk to Paramore. It's like, sure, oh, the, sure, the sure. one female uh, <laughs> yeah. pop punk vocalist yeah. you know? I That's awesome. You. That's fair. Um, okay. All of the dirty laundry is coming out. Yep, yep. Yeah. We're putting it out there now. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? We've crossed you the, first, nice, we've, we've crossed the first gatekeeper line. <laughs> um but yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. The, the thing I love most about CKY is that their uh, their guitar tones are instantly recognizable. I mean, like I was talking to Matt about this earlier. Like, as soon as the CKY song comes on, you know it's CKY. There's it's unmistakable. It's just this kind of almost bloated guitar. I'm gonna say that word more than once because bloated guitar is just a thing in '90s metal. Um, I don't, I can't really explain it without having you listen to it. But that's it's bloated. That's the only way I can say it. Um, it's it's more of a hard rock song than metal. But who gives a fuck? Their name is Camp Kill Yourself. Um, Bam Margera his little brother is the drummer it's awesome so yeah i'm happy they made the list because i really wanted to put a cky young song on here too but um i didn't want to face ridicule for another week yeah <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad we aired out some of that dirty laundry deal yeah you can stop talking about me behind your back about my hot milk take i, I have no one to talk to about it <laughs> i gotta go straight to the source <laughs> Diesel does not care. <laughs> I've talked to him about it. He says I need to talk to you about it. <laughs> what you got, Ben? Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, I just said uh, it, it figures that CKY came back into my life right after seeing the new Jackass, um, which is hilarious, by the way, but entirely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but that's Jackass. But I feel like those two for me were so intricately tied in my brain when I was was when I was growing up that I never really paid attention to the music of CKY when it was on. It's like, oh yeah, hell yeah, some Jackass stuff. Let's let's rock out for a bit. Um, and I should change that because they're good. Yeah, this is good. good. Um, I'll stay a good instead of great right now. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I but think- it might even be hella tight. It might, it might even be hella tight. I think no, I think that's fair. I think that's how I feel about CKY too. They're just a really good band. They're not yeah. they're not gonna blow out of the water, but they're fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. You can put them on and not be offended by it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're me who like dogged on them and then you hear a song and you're like, Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. win this round. CKY. Yeah, it's it's easier to listen to than you would think in like this style of, of music. Like that that first guitar riff comes on in this song and and it's just you're in it. You're like you're kind of in the mood with it. Yeah, it, it just it makes sense. Yep. Uh, what you got for your second pick? Ooh, for me. Hold on, we got the long scroll, boys. <laughs> the the dreaded long scroll. The dreaded long scroll. Got the scroll buttons. Oh hell yeah! So, song number two for me is "Got the Life" by Corn, and my hot take: This is the birth of a sensation, thanks to TRL and mm-hmm. Carson Daly. Um, Jonathan Davis is a shiny golden metal god to me. Um, so maybe it's not too much of a hot take since I'm saying to me, but yeah. to Jonathan Davis is a shiny metal golden god. Yeah. I'll say that. There, there's the hot take. Um, so for this choice, Corn was always going to be on my list. Corn defined a lot of my music listening in, in my in my childhood. Um, I still love Corn to this day. Um, I think they were the only non-EDM 
artists that made it into my uh, Spotify wrapped last year. Uh, because when you guys did New Metal March, I just kept listening to Corn after that. Yeah, it got me back into them, and I love it. I just, I, I really love this shit. Um, this or Freak on a Leash is what this choice was always going to be, yeah. and it was by far my most agonizing of my list. Uh, but the transition between the two on uh, the Follow the Leader album is one of my favorite moments in metal, like by a mile. I think they're both Corn masterclass, but I went with Got the Life because it's it's undeniable to me. It's an all-out slap fest from Fieldy. The guitars keep it creepy, despite being a pretty bouncy track from David Silvera, who is perfect for the drums on corn, or perfect on drums for corn. Yeah. But Jonathan Davis drives the car. And the dude has, he's just seen so much personal tragedy in his life, and, it, and he shares it all through his music. He doesn't hide any of it. Like, he's very much on his sleeve with a lot of the lyrics in his song. Um, and it's, it's metal as fuck. Yeah, it's... I kind of wish we would have done Follow the Leader, and I'm glad you didn't pick um, Freaking Unleash because, yeah. you know, it's kind of been warped by the radio. So I'm yeah. glad you picked one that was a little more underground for this playlist, sure. at least. Yeah. Um, this one got big for a little bit, but only after that it got on TRL with yeah. the video. Well, Freak on a Leash was still going in like 2010 yeah. when I was in yeah, high yeah, school, yeah. Or when I was graduating high school. And. That bass, dude, it might as well be the lead. Get your boogie on. <laughs> it might as well be <laughs> the lead guitar in this song because yeah, it is a, so fr- so forward that like... Yeah, that's a lot of corn with Fieldy. It's crazy because you don't notice bass in a lot of songs. And yeah, this one is like, that's all you notice. Almost more than vocals. Yeah. Um, I love Korn's sound in the late 90s, that creepy feeling with the guitar tones during the verses. And, you know, the vocals are just hypnotic. It almost feels like they're trying to, like, if you sit still long enough, they're, like, trying to cast a spell on you or yeah, some shit. Yeah, so, kind of. Um, but I love this pick, and I thought it was, it was good to kind of zig. Um, but, yeah, what you got, Kev? Yeah, th- this is the best iteration. This is the only iteration of corn that I accept as corn. Um, with Dave ahead, Monkey Fieldy, and John. This is the only version of corn I accept as canon. Everything else is is, uh, is extended lore. Um, but a, a large part of that is just because the this is my favorite, maybe my one of my favorite. It's a top five rhythm section, certainly in 90s metal for me. Um, but maybe like all time. I think Fieldy and Dave, just they, they hated each other. That's why they broke. That's why Dave left the band. Um, but they played really, really well together. And uh, just... Uh, they slap the fuck out of you the entire time. You you can't help but notice this rhythm section. And again, I think that's another reason why I love drum and bass in metal because it, it, it I know what it can sound like and it sounds fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, this came out, this song came out at a time when I was really starting to discover like the, just like the magical, like life changing thing, life music, like music could be. Yeah. And, so this sound like corn sound specifically the follow the leader sound is always going to be something like it sounds weird but it's like almost like uh transcendent for me in a way like it just stands above other music it it doesn't necessarily hold up great that album uh but just the sound of it is transcendent for me because it was so it's such a special time in my musical journey um i don't know it's hard to explain because it's my own personal thing but it's i love 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 this song so much and just the way it sounds um then they're just they're metal as fuck um so yeah yeah i think i think a lot of it is 
it's it's all it all comes back to Jonathan Davis. Yeah. Like the the instrumentals are they're all talented enough and they play perfectly for the way Korn designs their sound. But what makes them so fucking metal is Jonathan Davis. Like I think he intentionally most of the time you can really hear what he's saying in his lyrics a lot more than you can with other metal bands. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's intentional. Because he wants you to know his his pain and his shit that he's waded through his entire freaking life, um, so I think for me, like similarly, like that's that kind of started opening my eyes to how much music truly can mean to a person. Yeah, very cool. I don't have the same relationship with Corn, sure. so listening to Corn for me was like revisiting an old friend that we visited last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it brought back a lot of like fond memories of new metal march we had to wade through a lot of stuff with new metal march but i think corn and issues was one of the good stuff and i think this came out like what a year before that uh they were close they were close yeah so that's cool to me yeah uh we ready to move on to ragnarok now i know this isn't your favorite guar song um and that's okay um it's not my favorite guar song either but it's the first guar song i remember really liking like I remember being in seventh grade in the computer lab and playing this over the speakers in the computer lab, and they're literally looking like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" Um, it was just so funny to me, and there's there's a childish glee to Guar that I always really connected with, um, and it's, it's a goofy song about killing all humans. <laughs> so uh, it's just it's it's they they it perfectly crystallizes everything Guar is to me. It's that. Um, goofiness, um, gruesomeness, um, it's murder, but it's all wrapped up in a super tight musical package. Um, Ragnarok and roll, baby. Ragnarok and roll, Ragnarok and roll. It's time to smash the planet when Ragnarok rolls around. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it my, my first note is just LOL Guar. I, I've told you guys I have, I have a pretty big on off, uh, relationship with a lot of metal. Um, but my on off switch is never stronger than, than with Guar. either. I just, I can't do it. Um, or I fucking love it. You mean you don't love fucking an animal or pre a preschool prostitute? <laughs> those, those songs don't do it for you. <laughs> well, you know, I, there's just other stuff I could listen to. Right. <laughs> but I fucking love this song. Like it starts off, it starts off like it's an epic novel, um, with the, uh, just the introduction and perchance and all this all these old time old timey english words um but welcome the, to the slaughter yes but the the sexecutioner mm-hmm. um is the uh, vocalist on this song he does he devolves it so fast from there um and first like before i go into the, the verse i want to talk about i have to explain a bohab mm-hmm. is a, a basically their term for a guar fan mm-hmm. that is just too into guar <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the first, as soon as we get through this this epic intro, the executioner comes in. Welcome to the slaughter. What are you going to do? <laughs> and what will be your epitaph when, when we, we get, get done, done with, with you? With you. Yeah. Are you gonna cry for your mama? Are you gonna have a good time? <laughs> I feel like we're at the the Renaissance fair. <laughs> or are you gonna be a bohab when it's your turn, turn to, to die? die. <laughs> yeah. So are you just going to be like us be like, be like Guar and just be running around, killing stuff, fucking stuff. It's, it's insane. Like this whole concept is insane. It's hilarious. It rocks hard. Uh, yeah. I, I, I listen to this one maybe more than anything else on the playlist. 
Yeah, well. Not I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't stop hearing this guy sound like <laughs> the pirate from SpongeBob. Are you ready, Keats? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, aye, Captain. That's what it was. Oh, man. Or Mr. Krabs. I knew it sounded familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Krabs is the same voice. Yeah. So uh, it, it always like cracks me up. Um, Zoe is a huge Guar fan. So when we listen to this, she did not allow me to skip it. So I, oh, never, yeah. I never once skipped it. Um, overall, it was fun to get this song on the playlist because it's so drastically different than everything else we yeah. got. And it is kind of like a, hum- a humorous song. And I think just like reminding yourself not to take it too seriously, yeah. even in like a 15 song playlist was yeah. kind of nice. Um, the the guitars still rip on this song. Yeah. So I, there weren't things that I, it wasn't like I was like, yeah, thumbs down. It was just like the vocals kind of took me out at certain <laughs> sure. points, but uh, it's not my favorite Guara song that I've heard so far, but it is, it was enjoyable for yeah. what it was. God bless Zoe for not letting you skip Guar. You know what? Hell yeah, she, she makes me do a lot of things I don't want to do. <laughs> um, for track two on on my pick is uh, "Pollution" by Limp Biscuit. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Uh, if you remember New Metal March last year, I was not a huge fan of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> no one should be. Uh, and yeah, no one should be. Um, but I I had a fun time realizing that he had an album before uh, Significant Other. Significant Other, and to hear a three dollar three dollar bill, y'all. Yep. I was like, oh my God. Three dollar bill, y'all. Three dollar bill, y'all. Mm-hmm. To hear that and realize like there was a little bit more edge to him before yeah. Significant Other, instead of like gangster, uh, yeah. heart, fake hardo, I was like, oh God. Like, I love this is the Limp Biscuit I could have gotten into. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I was too young, whatever reason. Um, but fuck Boy Freddy. God, <laughs> I love him. Uh, he He's probably the worst. Pro- probably yeah, and people are still trying to like bring it back and be like oh did you listen to his new dad rock album i'm not gonna listen to olympus <laughs> no now. i'm not I, want <laughs> <Save>. <laughs> I couldn't possibly be interested in anything less <laughs> it reminds it reminds me of one of my favorite interactions on twitter ever where someone was like i'm gonna invite daniel tosh to my wedding and he quote tweeted and said save the postage i'm not coming and i always think of that like most of the time with Limp Biscuit, save the postage. I'm not, I'm not going to listen. Um, so don't waste your breath. Um, but the ending of the song is so satisfying yeah. to hear the band like where he's just like being annoying as hell, and they're like, "Fred, shut the fuck up." Yeah. And you're like, dude, that that's what all of us have been wanting for, to say for the longest time, <laughs> yeah. and it was it was like sweet vindication. Yeah. 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 What go you ahead. got? Go ahead, Ben. Uh, so I'll be damned if this song doesn't trick me every time because. The like the very very beginning, just like the first few notes, it sounds a lot like Meet the Creeper, Kevin. I don't know if you noticed it. Not really, but, but I it, can see it. It does, uh, and I keep expecting to hear sure. the, the devil is in all of you. The devil is in all of you. Um, yeah. And the funny thing is, I think it would work in this song because it makes me hate myself when I just can't stop my head from bobbing. <laughs> yeah. uh, Durst is gross, and this cannot be called objectively good. But damn it, I like it. Yeah. Oh man, I really like this song. All it just beans. it gets it, all beans. All beans. I like it. <laughs> it gets me going. I I like it. <laughs> what you got, Kev? Uh, yeah, I just my first note is goddamn Limp Bizkit. <laughs> I just can't escape him. Uh, Three Dollar Bill, y'all is actually. I don't hate this album. Um, I think it's better than Significant Other. Uh, it's just not as culturally re- relevant. Um, this is this song. They um, their cover of Faith. Uh, George Michael's Faith is from this album, which I think is a, still a cool track. Uh, I like their cover of Faith. Did not know that existed. 
Yeah. It was like their song that got them like blowing up on TRL. Like the <laughs> video for Faith. Um, it's just Fred Durst. It's like it's like a archival footage of Fred Durst riding a scooter around during backstage at a festival. It's it's, it's stupid. Um, but yeah, no, this is the sound of my uh, disenfranchised youth. Youth like this was like Limp Biscuit, Lincoln Park, Corn. They were my emo bands. Um, so there, there's again, there's a certain amount of nostalgia that I can't deny. It's like yeah, I hate Limp Biscuit now, but you know. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. They're harmless yeah. now. It's like that girl you regret dating in high school. You know, it's, you don't want to think about it, but it's a part of your life. You yeah. know, you, you, there's some fond memories there, I'm sure, somewhere. If you really, if you really squint hard. Um, Wes Borland, I think, was wasted in Limp Biscuit because he's a really interesting guitarist. I wouldn't call him good necessarily, but I think he could have been better in like a, a more experimental band. Mm-hmm. And he tried to do his own solo stuff and nobody gave a shit because everybody just knew him as the weird black-eyed guy from Limp Bizkit at that point um but yeah no I think I think I what I took away from this is I wish Fred would have just stayed a screamer I think he's way more palatable when he's not trying to be like you said like a fake tough New York rap guy because he's from fucking Florida so um you know not the toughest dudes don't come from Florida I mean no. you get Rick Ross and the Flo Rida so yeah from Jacksonville oh yeah sure Jacksonville's not the greatest place um but Either, either way, it just it always rings false to me. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I, I love the little bass bridge. Um, if only Fred would stop saying, bring that beat back. <laughs> bring that beat back. In that stupid voice he does. Because that bass part is cool. And then that's when I tell him to shut the fuck up at the end of it. So um, yeah, no. Cool track. It's a Limp Bizkit track, so don't expect much from it. <laughs> but it's it's fine. It'll, it'll catch you off guard how much you like it. Yeah, it's like Limp, it's all Limp Bizkit songs. I think, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now to uh, completely change the mood entirely. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So my my third pick is "Nothing Else Matters" by Metallica, and everybody knows this song. Um, I, so I don't know if it was low hanging fruit or not. Um, what Louis said in the email about it being probably the least metal track on the Black album, probably true. No, it's definitely true. However, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I love this song. I always will. I'm gonna keep on playing it back. Um, I did have a hot take here as well. Uh, So Kev was talking about the Speed Wars last week. What I think Metallica did with the Black Album was just the opposite and slowed it the fuck down. A six and a half minute metal ballad that works, sign me up. Yeah. 100%. Like to me, this is, I'll put air quotes around this, it's beautiful metal. Yeah. And it blew my mind that that could exist when I was discovering music and discovering Metallica. I think it's Kirk and it's his tone that really carry the song. He makes electric sound acoustic somehow. And my God, that that solo, that payoff solo at the very end gets my goosebumps flowing every time. It's not the most technical. It's not the longest solo, um, but it's perfect for the song. It's exactly what it needs. And there's a lot of different versions of this that I love as well. Uh, the Apocalyptica cover is one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, That's another lost album, by the way, that we never did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Domination actually is on that album as well for Apoc- yeah, from yeah. Apocalyptica. They do a version of that on that album, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, this is a song I center myself to. And from metal, that's fucking awesome to yeah, me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna eat my words a little bit this week, and maybe it was just because Kevin didn't pick it. Um, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna fucking fight you. I hope that's Fuck the case. You, I really hope that's. Let's throw the you case. out of this fucking window behind you, <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, this is such a this is such I'm a. I'm getting dy- a little uncomfortable here, boys. <laughs> this is such a dynamic song. I'm gonna just like skim right through that, uh, through the violence, uh, because this song is so dynamic and so calming and. I think once you listen to it critically and not just like when it's on 96 Rock, yeah, um, you realize how much there is actually going on. And it shows that they can do more than just power metal. They can do power ballads yeah. with really slick guitar work. And the power ballads from the 80s, they were fun. They were they were fine. You get people dancing on cars with yeah. them. But to like make it interesting and not just like the same shit over and over again um, can't be overstated because... That's what separates Metallica, I think, is just like being well versed in everything. Yeah. Just, they're not the best at metal. They're not the best at power ballads. They're not the best at anything, but they're well rounded enough to be good at all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, and, yeah, that's perfect. They're like jacks of all trades, essentially. Mm-hmm. They can do, they're, they're, they can flow from one thing to the next with relative ease. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think this is the most Ben Metallica pick of all time. Like, yeah. growing up with Ben. Yeah, and knowing I, I, yeah. I really expected something from Load, and I was gonna fucking flip my lid because <laughs> uh, Load and Reload are garbage albums. Um, they're, I mean, they're not all bad, but they're large, by and large, terrible Metallica albums. Um, but no, I think this is honestly some of Kirk's best guitar work that he has on, in their entire discography. I mean, that opening is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful sonic experience, and I can't help but feel like we, I, but. I can't help but feel like we did leave a fuck ton of good metal from the Black Album off of this we did. list. We did. I um, had to. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get it. It's your pick, so I can't really get too upset about it because I do fucking love this song. Well, it, th- sorry. Are no, you done? no, go ahead. Yeah, this, that's that's kind of why I ended up going with this one as opposed to anything else, too, is because no matter what I did, I was going to be leaving a ton of meat on the bone. On yeah, this sure. Because I knew, I knew Metallica had to be a part of my list. It's one, They're one of my top bands, acts, artists of all time. Um, so no matter what I did, I was leaving stuff out there. Yeah. No leaf clover gave me a lot of pause from S and M. Even, even freaking garage Inc. Gave me some thought. Yeah. I could have put whiskey in the jar on here. In the jar, turn the page is a great, turn the page on here. Um, I, I could have picked anything from the black album. I love, 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 love the black album. I think it really changed metal and, uh, really helped pave the way for some of the, the blossoming that we saw in the nineties. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have butt rock without the black album. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> you you don't have butt rock, and yeah. we enjoy a little butt rock. Yeah, here right. and there, sometimes a little. Yeah, some people do. There's sprinkling. definitely an audience. I mean, <laughs> Lips of an angel. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm so, back. It's so, so fucking good. Dude. <laughs> I listened to that whole Hinder album actually the other day because I was like, "Lips of an angel sounds so sweet. It sounds so sweet. I can't wait. <laughs> I love how you grab the microphone. For <laughs> you got to. You, you got to do a finger <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that little run without grabbing the mic. Dude. You're right. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I do have to go on the record. I have to, and I might get buried. I might get buried alive for most Metallica fans for this, but I really do not think Load and Reload are that bad. They're bad. Saint Anger is horrifying. Yeah. I hate that album. I wish I could figure it exists. Yeah. But Load and Reload, while bad and below Metallica, what I expect from Metallica, it really both of them I think have a few really good tracks. They're bad because they're butt rock. That's the first butt rock that was really popular. 
They're butt rock. I mean that that that. Okay. If Creed did any song from either of those albums, it wouldn't sound out of place. God damn it! It's I'm right. <laughs> you know I'm right. It's butt rock, and that's fine. Hero of the Day is better than butt rock, though. Sure. Um, the King Nothing's a great song. I like Devil's Dance. The Unforgiven Two is good. Sure, there's nuggets of greatness in there, but but, but yeah, by, by and large, they're they're worse and they're and they're not great albums. I like but I like Fuel. But they don't deserve as much hate as they get. I like Fuel, but that's just a fucking uh, Nickelback song. Fuel is a Nickelback song. Give me Fuel, give me Fire, give me that with It's a Nickelback song. It's a, it's a it's a Nickelback song from Dark Horse. That's tough. It is though. You're right. Yeah. <sighs> Dark Horse. <laughs> Nickelback Dark Horse. Anyway, um, I'll get I'll get off. <laughs> again. Let me get off my high horse. Into the dark horse. Into the dark horse. Onto the dark horse. Um, <laughs> Katy Perry's dark horse is awesome, by the way. Yes, it is. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> while we're while we're going getting tangential, slowly devolving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited to talk about your third pick, Dill, because I had never heard this. This is the only song on this playlist I had never heard before. I think you're up. Me too. Actually, Am I, I up? Oh yeah. fuck. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> I'm still excited to talk about this, yeah, though. Yeah, uh, I, I I apologize to everyone in the room, and also anyone that's listening to this. I don't know how to navigate a podcast. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, my third pick is Ratamahata by Sepultura. Um, this album is the most important album in my mental life. If you listen to the podcast. For months at a time, if you've listened since the beginning, you've heard yeah. Kevin reference this mm-hmm. as like how important this is. Yeah. So I was really excited about this. Yeah, it, 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 it's there's this album is it has an awesome story, um, but I, I the story of me discovering this album is cool to me too. I discovered it by complete accident. Um, I think our older brother Jason left it in one of my CD cases on accident. And I saw it, and I was like, I don't recognize this CD art, but I put it in there, and it would fucking blew my mind. I'd never heard anything like it before. I'd listened. I'd been listening to like Metallica and Iron Maiden and stuff like that, but this was just heavy on a different level for me. And I'd been listening to Corn and stuff like that, but even like, I don't know if you would consider Sepultura new metal, but they had a lot of new metal friends and influences. I mean, the guys from Corn are on this album quite a bit. Um, the DJ from Limp Biscuit is on this mm-hmm. album. Um, uh, Dave Silvera does the drums, right, for yeah. this song. Well, he's, uh, from credited, Korn. he's credited as additional percussion. Yeah, additional percussion. Means, but um, it just it, so for me to have this transformative experience completely by accident, I knew at this point after listening to this album, being fucking scared of it first time listening to it, um, because there's a whole 16 minute like extra track that's just like fire popping in the woods, um, and like kind of like, tribe people doing random noises every now and again. Um, and then it goes into an awesome extra track and I just, I didn't know what to think. It blew my fucking mind. Um, and then you get into the, um, story of the album where, uh, Max Calvera said, you know what? I'm from Brazil. I don't kind of stealing your thunder a little bit on this deal. Cause I read your notes. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, but he's like, I'm going to go record with a tribe from the Brazilian Amazon. And that's what they did. I don't remember the name of the tribe, but those tribal drums are actual tribal drums being played by tribal people. And they, they have chants throughout the entire album. It's just, it's a fucking wicked fucking concept album. And I, I'm so happy that I discovered it by mistake. To this day, I think Jason did it on purpose. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise uh, me. 
but it, I fucking love this album, and this song is. It, I could have picked any song from this. I wish I would have picked Dusted yeah. going back, but Rata Mahata is just so fun to listen to because it's so different from anything I've ever heard in metal, even to this day. Well, let me ask you this: Would you have listened to it if he was like, "Hey, you should listen to yeah, this"? Yeah, sure. Because would you? you? Yeah, I think because he was he had already like. Jason showed me Guar videos when I was like fucking eleven years old. Yeah, <laughs> so um, he had already ruined my brain. So and but that, but he anything he showed me I loved. Yeah. So I think I probably would have done it anyway. Um, but yeah, it's chuggy, it's tribal, it's Portuguese. Um, <laughs> it fucking changed my life forever. Um, and I don't really love a lot of other Sepultura stuff. It's very hit or miss. But this album is fucking awesome. If you if you are listening to metal and you want something maybe a little bit harder. Please, for the love of God, listen to the Roots Bloody Roots album and Rata Mahata. Rata Mahata. I feel weird not saying it the way they say it in the song. Yeah, uh, Sepultura is definitely another real on-off for me. Uh, I, I I remember you, like I vividly remember you trying to get me into this album as a kid, um, but it just didn't scratch the itch. Yeah. This one did. Yeah. Rata Mahata, I think. Yep. Yeah. So it, it, it's awesome. I, I, I don't... I don't even know why necessarily I get into this more than most of the Sepultura I've heard, but the tribal drums, I know this part, they're just, it's such a great bed for metal to thrash upon. Yeah, it's awesome. And I mean, thrash is in the action, not as in the genre. Yeah. I'm not trying to cross any lines here. (laughs) I I think it thrives the same way, like Slipknot thrives, is having two percussionists. There's very obviously two different percussionists here too. And like just having that like dum da dum da dum da dum having that as like the bed and then someone else being able to like have an actual drum beat underneath is it makes that it makes that sound of like almost panic. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you keep yeah. going. Sorry. No, that, that's pretty much all I had for this. Um, I remember I remember it well, and this was definitely the one that if I had to point to a Sepultura song, this is the one I would point to for sure. Like, listen, go listen to this. Yeah. And see, and you'll you'll see if you want to listen to more Sepultura. Yeah, yeah the, I I I cheated, and Kevin already kind of touched on a lot of the stuff, but I I wanted to look up because it was so interesting when you realize like I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> once you realize that, and, like you want to know more. Um. I realized these guys are Brazilian, and it sounds like a Brazilian indigenous person, like who decides to become a serial killer. Yeah. And like, maybe it's because I've been watching a lot of criminal minds lately. Um, but it was just like, I'm sorry, Dil. it almost imagine anything in, in like a forest where like, almost like crash bandicoot where that rock is like falling down and you're like running and trying to like jump over things. That's like the feeling of panic. This song gives you. And I love it. Oh, yeah. That's a it, like, wonderful it's your, analogy. It is. It's it gets a heart rate up. It's yeah. like, buka, buka. you know, you must have <laughs> every time you die and you like have to start back over. There um, it is. There's the potentially ra- racially insensitive thing for episode. I was still talking about crash. Bandicoot. Um, you know, leave it to Kevin to have a song that fucking rocks, but is also a song in all Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Yeah, man, it was, a, it was a great pick. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, man, I could talk about this shit all day. I fucking love it. Um, I had an actual point to make, but I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> uh, so track number three for me is yes. "Ego's Game" by Will Haven, and I'm still excited to talk about it. Yes, me too. Uh, I found this on a '90s metal playlist, and once I heard it, I became obsessed because I think it reminds me of a lot of the bands that I heard when I was f- discovering music on my own in the early 2000s. Uh, it sounds like Silverstein. 
and I yeah. I love the like muted guitars that open up for the for the chorus, which is like super two thousands. So it kind of it's kind of crazy that this was going on in the nineties. And once I heard it, I was like, I can't leave this off, even if I don't know much about it. I'm I'm gonna have to add this. Um, but yeah, um, uh, it opens up. There's like chugs in the chorus, which I loved, and uh, you know this. This was this kind of music was my gateway into metalcore, which I'm really excited to talk about next week. Yeah, but um, I'm scared for next week. Are you? Well, because I've got to be teamed up on by metalcore boys. Well, yeah, you finally get to know how I've been feeling <laughs> the last two weeks. Um, but yeah, this is. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I love when we argue. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, this song is just it's it's bizarre and it does not feel like it is from the '90s. So I had to add it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I promise we're friends, guys. Um, uh, yeah, no. Uh, somehow I'd never heard this song. I mean, I was surprised, but I'm not surprised because just, I couldn't possibly listen to all music. That's a very pompous thing to say. Anyway, um, this reminds me of like some of the heavier Deftone shit from Adrenaline. Like, it, it has a very similar sound to it. Um, it's different. Obviously, Deftones have their own very unique sound. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's again, that bloated guitar comes back here. It, it, I wish I could fucking explain it better than that, but it's it's very, very heavily distorted and crunchy um, to where it sounds very rounded almost. It sounds like it's like the guitar is being played in a huge water bubble. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's yeah. like an air yeah. bubble from Sonic. Just put a bunch of fucking really <laughs> distorted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, put really distorted explain guitar. It to me in video game terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me make this less accessible uh, <laughs> um yeah man i just really love it it was really fucking cool and i love hearing shit that i've never heard before that i like that's one of the most exciting things in the world um yeah i mean it's just the the sound it's kind of that same thing i got from corn earlier where that sound is very very transformative for me so i love hearing it and, and no matter what form it comes in whether i i I sub- I like the song or not, it's still cool for me to hear, and I I do like this song quite a bit. So I was pumped to talk about it. Yeah, I put down Corn Junior. Sure. Um, so it's it's interesting that you came up with a different formative new metal band that you, that it reminded this song reminded you of. Um, but yeah, it's similar. I had never I had never seen the name Will Haven before. Dill put this on the playlist. And I'm I'm surprised because I would have really gotten into this in the '90s. Um, it's definitely more reliant on like the scream than than corn, um, but it's got a, not the same but similar kind of creepy off kilter guitar and that slappy bass. I love that slappy bass. Slappy so, bass. Yeah, I had a lot of the same thoughts as Kev. That was for Louis. <laughs> I had a lot of the same thoughts as Kev. Like. I, surprised uh and happy to to have heard something new from the style of metal i already liked in the 90s that i've never even heard yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah (laughs) thank god for spotify because i would have never found that otherwise yeah somebody once asked me what my most treasured possession is and it's i without question said my spotify subscription so yeah there was a day a few days ago did you experience this where spotify logged you out yeah it was like a worldwide thing yeah uh i was stressed <laughs> yeah i was like i don't know if i know how to log back <laughs> yeah in. i was yeah. like fucking writing yeah. reviews at work so i had fucking earbuds and listening to classical and fucking uh, my whole world was flipped upside down my dad called me 
He said, <laughs> he said things are not good. What's happening? He said, I've lost all my Spotify music. I need help. And I was like, I, I don't know. And he's like, we'll figure it out. I'm going to I'm gonna conference call Dalton into this, and my older brother. And so he calls Dalton, who's like, he fixes everything. Um, and yeah, Dalton was like, yeah, it's, it's like a worldwide thing with Spotify. I was like, okay, good. Because yeah. even like when everyone's like, oh, it's fixed again. I couldn't get logged back in, and I was like, oh, I was no. stressing. Yeah, I was like, this is it. I have how did, how did I listen to music before the internet. <laughs> I had two hundred plus playlists. Like, yeah, I've had Spotify since twenty thirteen, so I was very, I was not chill. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> if realizing you rely on technology that much, yeah, is kinda scary. it's terrifying. Yeah. I think about that all the time with like my digital video games. Because I, I I just prefer the convenience of it rather than buying hard copies. It takes up less space. It's just more convenient. I don't have to get up to change the game I want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any point, Sony could just decide that I don't have access to those anymore. Or the, the fucking hard drive could be deleted and I just don't have access to it. And so that sucks. That's But whatever. Technology bad. Anyway. <laughs> uh, are we done? We're ready to move on? Yep. Yeah. Benny boy. A, yeah. So uh, you guys will have to cut me off if I start rambling on this one. Yeah, because I fell in love all over again with this track. Uh, These Filthy Hands is my fourth track by Mushroomhead um, out of Cleveland, Ohio. Fun fact for us Ohioans out there. Uh Um, But we're going to have to tell the executioner if Ragnarok is introduced by the creepy little girl in the intro to this song. I'm crying for my mama. Uh, Mushroomhead is so fucking heavy because every single element is just haunting as hell. I always knew this was true of like the instrumental pieces, like the piano that flows through, the production elements, the guitars, the vocal delivery. Um, but I'm so glad I thought of Mushroom Head in time because diving into the lyrics for this for my notes for the first time, I had never really looked at the lyrics before, and it was eye opening. It's written like an extremely complex poem, and. Like I'm talking internal rhymes and shit, Gav. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and the dueling singer verses will take on a whole new meaning. And like I, I love my picks. I, of course, I do. <laughs> but this is by far the most metal song on my on my list. Yeah, by a mile. Once you dig into those lyrics, you're gonna get scared. <laughs> you're gonna get a little scared. You're gonna start questioning life and what the hell's the point of all of this. Um, and to me, Mushroom Head with the masks and the, and the whole vibe, um, it wasn't ever anything I ever took that seriously. I just knew I liked the music and I liked their whole kind of creepy vibe. I didn't realize they were actually smart with it too. Yeah, they're geniuses, dude. Yeah, so they're not they're not like the most talented uh, instrumentally in the world, but man, this this song structure is smart and, and it's very impressive. Um, so I'll I'll go to finish it off. I'll deliver my hot take for this one. Um, the 90s were a weird time in metal. But bands like Mushroomhead say to me that metal hit puberty too soon. And I think I'll explain what that means in my closing thoughts. Okay. You want me to go? Oh, cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah. Mushroomhead is a formative band for me as well. Um, and Ben's picks are, I'm glad he picked what he did. Cause it kind of, kind of like Louie last week, it freed me up to pick some other stuff. Um, I think it's well known how much I love mushroom head. I've talked about them ad nauseum, not only in this podcast, but on, a, on dollar beer night as well. I talked about them quite a bit. Um, I made you guys listen to super Buick. So, um, which 
Is this album? Yes. Is it? I don't know. I don't remember. They Wait, did. The album artwork looked familiar. Yeah. It's got purple in it. And yeah. That's yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. They, they did like a bunch of different demos and stuff. But like, anyway. Uh, yeah. So their timeline gets confusing for me. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so Ben and I have argued for the longest time what the best Mushroom Head song is. We go back and forth. Uh, the problem is there's not a wrong answer because yeah. they're all fucking awesome. We can never decide yeah, yeah, yeah. for well, ourselves. I, yeah. my I know mine. Um, but is it, wait, Bump? No, Bomp is not my favorite. Bomp's awesome. They're all awesome. Anyway. It's been a while um, since we've had this debate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they absolutely nail horror metal. Like, there's nothing creepier than a fucking Mushroom Head song. And I, I truly believe that. Um, and I'll talk about it a little bit more in Ben's um, Rob Zombie pick. Um, but they, they belong to a very specific genre of horror. Um and I don't think anybody does it better than what Mushroom Head does. Ben was right. They're, they're so incredibly, uncomfortably creepy, but in a really fucking awesome way. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a really great horror movie. Like, you're not comfortable, but you fucking enjoy every second of it. Um, the piano is perfect in this. It's not too much. It's just fucking really hard hits on the piano. Uh, the guitar is awesome. Uh, and J-Man... The, who is the clean vocalist in Mushroom Head is maybe my favorite lead in metal. He just his voice is perfect for the type. He there is no better vocalist for Mushroom Head than J Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It just it just fits. They're not the same without J Man. Yeah. Like their albums they did without J Man aren't as good. Um. So. Um. Yeah. I mean, you want to fucking scare someone? Just put on a Mushroom Head song. Um. And I can't prove this. I think I I I, I but I truly believe it in my heart. All of the metalcore and screamo bands that came after this that had a clean and a scream, I think they ripped off Mushroom Head, or at least were in somehow inspired by Mushroom Head. Because I can't really think of another band before Mushroom Head that did it and did it on every single track. Uh, it and but I don't think anybody's ever done it better either. I really, really fucking love these two together. I think, like I said, J Man's one of my favorite metal frontmans of all time. So. Yeah, I'll let you get into your your thoughts because I can talk about this shit all day. No, I love it. I love hearing you guys talk about Mushroom Head because as long as I've known you guys, like that's like the first metal band I think I've ever heard Kevin talk about. Yeah, outside of Metallica, was Mushroom Head, and this song shows why. It's got that pounding piano, uh, like everyone's already mentioned, and it almost gives it like a haunted house. Yeah, like you walk in a Mm -hmm. house and the piano is playing by itself. Like that's what you would imagine. This song would be playing. Um, um, but it, the stones to put on a piano, a piano bed to a metal track is just so that's the mushroom so unparalleled. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, but I, I think there is like a production sound that makes it sound '90s, and I think that's part of its charm. Yeah, not necessarily. And we talk about like we want good production quality. Yeah, this isn't bad. It just sounds '90s. Yeah, yeah, and I think. 90s music has the live feel where it's almost like everyone was in the room playing together. Same with the Beatles. Like everyone might have been in the room playing together. Yeah. And I love that sound. Um, yeah. And I, you kind of stole my thunder with the albums that changed my life yeah, from Dollar Beer Night. Um, I remember listening to that the first time. I was like, this is not the Beatles. This is not Panic at the Disco. This is not Say Anything. This is heavy shit. And I, <laughs> yeah. I remember listening to it more than the rest of the albums that we had. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah. And I, I remember distinctly at the old house, um, we were like smoking cigs yeah. after one of the episodes and we just listened to like 
I think we listened to like three or four songs yep. on one of the outros, and it was it was a really cool experience. Yeah, we listened to Dark and Evil Joe as well. Yeah, <laughs> and we realized like we we had like a connection, like uh, Story So Far had used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like one of their early EPs, they had used like a sample from one of the from Dark and Evil Joe. Yeah, yeah. A prank phone call from yeah. a mushroom head. So, you know, the love runs deep with mushroom head. And I didn't realize they were active in the 90s. I thought they were like an early 2000s band. So it was it was cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a, a few in the 90s, I think. I think three albums. Yeah. Again, it was their their timeline was weird because they were I think they were doing independently on a very small record label and they released multiple demos with the same yeah. so a lot of the same stuff on yeah. it. So their timeline is really confusing at the beginning of their career. But it's all fucking good. Give them yeah. a listen. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the 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 production value. You're right, Dill. Um, it, it's almost like in 2022 now. It's like a little bit of a, a culture shock at first going back because it it, it doesn't sound as amazing production wise as the shit we're used used to listening to now. But for me specifically with Mushroomhead, it just doesn't matter because of the way J Man and um, Nothing okay. Nothing is the screamer yeah. is the screamer. Um, the way they punctuate it's like once you once you hear them punctuate a few verses you won't hear it anymore you yeah, just you just won't I like yeah. from jay yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fucking awesome you might think that oh, i fucked it up uh, walk and talk. talk yeah that's the part i wanted yeah. to say you know that yeah <laughs> walk and talk yeah it's fucking awesome so yeah you ready for my fourth track yep is it my turn is it no, I think no it's, my it's turn. kevin's it's kevin's that wasn't your pick Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I apologize. Me and Dale don't know how to navigate a podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been five years. We're good. Uh, yeah, so number four by me, not by me, picked by me, curated Produced. by myself, Yeah, <laughs> uh, is Bored by the Deftones. And this was the hardest pick of the, the list for me because there's so much Deftones I want to talk about. I feel like the Deftones are, like, for somehow, they're like an undiscovered gem of that era of new metal, even though they were big, I don't, nobody talks about the Deftones ever. And it pisses me off because they're so fucking good. They're like one of, they're like the part of the big three of new metal for me. Um, specifically, I never like, listened to Deftones. They're fucking people. awesome, yeah. dude. Um, White Pony, Around the Fur, Adrenaline, their, their albums are so, so good. I think they're like the beginnings of like, um, like slower emo stuff, like like yeah. heavier emo stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're just they're so criminal, criminally underrated. Um, so but I, Adrenaline is my probably my favorite because it's the heaviest of the Deftone albums. Um, but I could have picked anything. Um, Shove it. Uh, the, there's not a bad Deftone song, and I used to be in love with the Deftones. Like Chino Moreno was one of my favorite frontman as far as like the way his voice sounds he's like he's so incredibly sad all of the time he's just almost sedated um until he fucking explodes because he can't it, it he doesn't do it on this track as much but on other tracks he's has that same kind of understated vocal and then he just fucking explodes into this scream where it's it's so believable that it's just a guy who's been beaten down so much um or like all of a sudden he stops taking his Zoloft and he's just the weight of the world fucking just explodes out of his chest. It's I, I fucking love the Deftones. They're they're very creepy as well. Um, that riff in this song is like that. It's just a metronome almost, but it sounds fucking awesome. Um, and I really really love when they do the bridge. And they palm mute that because it, it in the verses in the intro they let that last note ring of that riff, but then they go 
and it just it's so it's so good it's so good and there's just a perfect pause in between each oh fuck i've talked about it all the time silence is the best thing you can do in music if you do it right um i haven't looked at my notes at all for this song because i don't think i have to um yeah man they're just they're really fucking good um and I wish I could talk about the Deftones more. Maybe we'll do a Deftones deep dive because I think they deserve it. And I think I really do think they're they're probably overall the best new metal band and to me. Um, I really do think that. I just they they're so unique within that genre, but still kind of stick in that genre. So maybe not the best, but certainly the most unique for sure. So anyway, I'll let you guys talk. Yeah, going back to that riff, like that was my main takeaway. I knew this song and I knew the Deftones. Um, uh, you, sh- you know, you got me into them back in the nineties. Yeah. So, um, but man, that, that main riff, it just really grinds itself right into my brain. Mm-hmm. And I just keep on hearing it again and again and again, just like you do in the song. And I am not upset by that at all Yeah. because it's, it's, it's awesome. And yeah, the way they stop it, yeah. Like that's, that's what really sells, sells the delivery of the whole song, not just the riff itself. So, um, but, and my, my other note was Chino Moreno really just, he has the perfect voice for this he does. exact type of like type of music. Um, what you said was sedated. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Um, Again, boy. yeah, yeah. It, um, it just what a theme song for teenage angst. Yeah. Like it, it's it's so angsty, dude. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> the vast majority of the lyrics are "I'm bored." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's it. Um, it's it's so angsty and just kind of lashing out, yet still reserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, really unique. And I need to get back into the Deftones. It's been too long since I've gone back through the albums. Yeah, I, I like this song for, for many, many reasons. It feels like this song is like being pulled in two different directions. Yeah. And when I looked up and saw that like this is the first song on their first album, that was really cool because this is really intricate for a first song on a first album. And it's got like dark menacing verses and then that wide open alt rock chorus that almost felt like oh yeah, like I've heard a version of this song, but not this song. Yeah. Uh and the I'm bored kind of reminded me of like smells like teen spirit. Like, yeah, just like a teenager who like is stuck at home. And I, I love that. It's, yeah, it's very California depressed teen. Like this is California metal for mm-hmm. sure. It's, it's the first song on the first album. And I felt like that was really important to like inform the rest of their music and to get that kind of exposure for my first time listening to Deftones. I thought that was really cool. Um, it's just kind of cool that like we've been listening to music together for a year and a half and we still like every week we find something and we're like, Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Dude. Like I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I've done you a disservice by not talking about the Deftones so far because they legitimately are one of my favorite bands of all time. So, um, yeah, not to be confused with the mighty, mighty boss tones. <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> I almost wrote that on accident. <laughs> Get some good, you can get some good notes. cruising tunes there, though. Yeah. Not even close. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Del, uh, why don't you uh, tell us a little about the album? Tell the people what they want to hear. Uh, for my fourth pick? Yeah. Uh, okay. My fourth pick? Some for the record. Snot by Snot. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, yeah, I was setting you up for the yeah. beginning of the, the... Fuck the record. Fuck <laughs> the people. 
Oh, dude, you had that song. This song is so fucking awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, for the for the average listener who is not listening along with us, uh, just close your eyes and imagine Sublime growing up in Detroit instead of Long Island. <laughs> it's such a like when I first read that, I was like, mm. and then I thought about, it, I was like, yeah, that's fucking perfect, it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you didn't have like the beach to go to. Yeah, you don't have like those influences. You have like nothing but like poverty and grime and I don't know. Like I, it, I, once I thought about, it, I was like, you know what? The, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I don't know where where Snot's actually from, but I, I got lost in the. In they're the from analogy. Detroit now, so yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit. They're getting re- relabeled. Uh, they're from the same city as Eminem and Kid eight, Rock. Eight Mile Baby. <laughs> um, I love the edge and the upbeat, almost punk rock momentum, and this paved the way for modern day hardcore music. Yeah. Um, Lest we not forget that instrumental break at 140, starting with the drums, then the bass comes in, and then the vocals come back in. Oh, dude, I, I could listen to this song all day because this is the music I've been looking for in, like, 2022. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of music I've been – you guys know I've been, like, on a hardcore, like, uh, rumspringer where I'm just, like, <laughs> <laughs> constantly searching for new, and, like, it's never scratching that itch, and – snot by snot just like when i listen to it again i'm like how can i get this yeah you know like i I want this recreated who can do that for me so uh i'm excited to hear your guys thoughts um yeah i was so so fucking close to picking this song and i told you this before we recorded i was fucking flabbergasted that another person knew snot because i thought just me and my friends from high school are the only people that ever listened to snot so it was it was cool to me that you picked a song that I thought was super obscure, but I left off because I wanted to talk about bands that I thought were more important. And then fucking out of nowhere, like you were reading my mind, Snot shows up. I fucking love this song so much. I love that that fucking clip from the beginning. I love fucking, it starts with, Snot! Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, it is, there's, I don't know, man. It's like, uh, they remind me a lot of Mudvayne. Kind of, uh, with it's very bass heavy. Uh, it's got it's like cocaine fueled mud vein, less refined mud vein. Um, they have crazy growls in some points, like, Will you slow down, this can't be? Um, and yeah, man, it's this fucking rhythm section kills this song, dude. Um, and again, that, that's kind of the same thing that Mudvayne has as well. The rhythm section is fucking brutal and awesome. Um, again, that's not the best comparison. It's just what popped into my head as I was listening to it literally hours ago for my notes listen. So, um, but yeah, this is how you do rap rock, Fred. Because this, this is uh, th- there's definitely some some hip hop elements to the way it's delivered. It's not a rap, but the the flow and the delivery of the lyrics is something I think Fred Durst wishes he could do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I fucking love this song. I, the album art is cool. Um, the beginning of the song is cool. The middle of the song is cool. The end of the song is cool. Snot is cool. Fuck the record. Fuck the people. <laughs> Yeah, that intro just get, it gives me the most shit eating grin every single yeah. time. Doesn't matter how many times I've fuck played it this record. week. Yeah, people. exactly. Fuck the record and fuck the people. All right, Snot, get it off your chest. This song, this song rips. Um, and I had I had one of the same notes as you, Dill, but the drum solo into the bass solo, um, it just makes Benny a happy boy. It just really, really does. Um, so I remember this song 
kind of like it was on the periphery of my mind somewhere. So I know I heard it back in the day. Yeah, probably from me because I listened I'm to it sure, all the fucking time. I'm sure it was from you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now that I am older and able to formulate my own thoughts on things, um, I'm glad to hear it again because it kicks ass. My my dad played this actually. My, That's my awesome. Da- my dad listened to the coolest music, and <laughs> I did not appreciate it at the time. So I, I'm almost positive it was the edited version. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, it was like, sure, bleep, yeah. bleep the people and bleep. It was like DMX. <laughs> we had to listen to. Fudge DM- the people. DMX just growl through music. Yeah, yeah DMX edited is one of the the greatest treasures in music history. It's just <laughs> it's just a dog barking. It's yeah. fucking awesome. It's like yeah. the Big Lebowski edited. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> Benny, you're up for your last pick. Oh boy! All right, the long scroll again. I wasn't ready this time. All right, there we go. There we go. Oh, Living no. Dead Girl. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> uh, my hot take for this, not much of a hot take, but just something I needed to say. Um, not a chance in the deepest pits of hell does a 90s metal playlist go without Rob fucking Zombie. Not on my watch. And basically, I mean, come on. Horror rock with 90s cheese instead of 80s cheese is just somehow cheesier. And I'm a boy who likes some cheese on his metal. Um, there's, so actually wanted to, to bring up something you brought up a little bit already, Kevin, with the, the horror rock in the nineties. Um, like that's, that's essentially sums up how I feel about it. Like, I think it just got better. It got more about delivering musically while keeping the theme of the horror rock, um, versus the theme of the horror rock being what gets you the listens. Yeah. Um, I I could have picked anything from Hellbilly Deluxe though. Hell, um, I had the same note. Hellbilly Deluxe is so fucking yeah, good. It's so fucking good, front to back. I I had a hard time, but at the end of the day, Living Dead Girl is the one that I always come back to more than any of the others, um, uh, including all the white zombie stuff and and uh, Sinister Urge even. Um, but that's two thousands. Yeah. So yeah, I fucking love Rob, Rob Zombie. Um. There is something about this that just was oozed fucking scary but cool when I was a kid, and it's never, ever, ever lost that edge to me. Hell yeah. Yep. Uh, you want me to go? I can go. Okay. My, my notes aren't very long because sure. this is our first repeat on yeah. a playlist, and I love it. Oh, my bad. I, didn't, no, no, I no. did not know that. I would have picked a different one. No, that's okay. Uh, it was on our spooky playlist, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't want to repeat myself or, or overstate how much I love this song. It just makes me want to watch like a lot of horror movies from the eighties and nineties yes. and seventies and anything that like is campy horror. I, I yes. want to watch it because of this song. Yeah, that that's my main point about this song um, versus Mushroom Head because I mean Rob Zombie's a fucking prolific horror director now too. I mean he does that's what he does now, and he does fucking awesome horror movies like. Um, Devil's Rejects is one of my favorite movies in general. I love that fucking movie. Um, and I'm not a horror guy, so saying me saying I love a horror movie is is awesome. But like Rob Zombie's brand, of, we talked about this on the Spooky Plays. But Rob Zombie's brand of horror is my favorite type of horror. It's the same kind of horror that the Misfits kind of work in. Yeah, that kind of campy, uh, universal classic monster from for, form of horror. Rob Zombie's a little bit more gory than that, but. 
Um, that's the kind of horror they do, whereas Mushroom, like, Rob Zombie is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Mushroom Head is The Hills Have Eyes. Mm-hmm. They're fucking, Mushroom Head will make you uncomfortable. <laughs> but Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just like, it's it's more accessible, I think. It's not as uncomfortable to watch, but they'll both fucking kill you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're both scary for their own reasons. Um, yeah, Rob just has a cleaner polish. It's more accessible than Mushroom Head is. Um, but yeah, th- th- this this chorus is so fucking good, dude. It's It might be the best on the album, and it's an album of fucking great choruses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got Dracula, Super Beast. Meet the Creeper. Meet the Creeper. Meet the Creeper. Um, actually, it's Meet the Creeper. That's the right answer. But yeah, no, I fucking I love this album uh, and Rob Zombie so much. He's my he's my guy. <laughs> he's my little horror man. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, sticking with the creepiness, I think this is kind of we all just kind of got weird <laughs> towards the end of our picks here. Um, Sober by Tool. Uh, I could have very easily waited till next week to talk about Tool because uh, I think that's their most recognizable stuff. Um, but Sober by Tool sticks out to me because um, Maynard's vocal chops in this track are fucking mind-blowing. Um, he's so controlled and perfectly nuanced, and when he breaks into his chorus for the first time, I'm like, I'm like, Mother Mary, will you whistle? It's the way he fucking, it just comes out of nowhere, and it just it's, there's this power out of like this little meek man, and if you watch him on stage, he has this weird, creepy posture. He's a weird dude. Um, but it's this, there's something about this track, and it's, it's an early Tool track, so um, they're still kind of developing their sound, but it, it's, it sounds the same. It, it, Tool is one of those rare bands where everybody in the band is world-class. Uh, obviously the bassist. <laughs> this yeah. rhythm section yeah. is incredible. Tool, I think, Tool, more than anyone, um, really kind of informed my love of bass-heavy music. I, I've, I'm starting to just know I love bass. <laughs> like I've always loved bass, <laughs> and I'm just now really discovering it through this podcast. Uh, yeah, man, I fucking love that Nine Inch Nails and... And Tool were the perfect answer to grunge trying to kill 80s metal. Nine Inch Nails and Tool came back and said, okay, you want to do grunge? We'll do fucking just the creepiest industrial metal you can possibly make. And I, I, there's something so cool and so 90s about that. It was this big push and pull in metal music for a long time. And it really, it was Iron Sharpens Iron again mm-hmm. with, with the Speed Wars in the, the 80s. Yeah. The iron Sharpened Iron with like, okay, who can be the bigger fuck you in a subgenre of metal now? Uh, it was fucking awesome, man. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't leave Tool off this list. I, I, I almost, t- I took them off like two or three times, and it didn't feel right every every single time I did. I also have so many other bands I want to talk about next week because yeah. I, I should, I could have just done Schism, which yeah. is a fucking awesome song, but um, I didn't want to. <laughs> so I put them here, and Sober is a great fucking track. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, I did not, like, growing up, I remember this very well, I didn't like Tool. I just didn't like yeah. Tool growing up, um, outside of Schism. I knew I loved Schism. I tried, you know, listening to some other stuff. I just never got into it. Um, but that really changed one night, I think, towards the end of high school, maybe early college, um, when I went to a Tool concert with Jason, our older brother, and and our mom at good old Bogarts in Cincy. Great fucking venue. Yeah, and so, like expectations were low personally right like i was going you know it's it's a good chance to spend some time with my older brother um 
and, you know, listen to the shit that he likes. Um, but my socks were rocked off. Yep. Like they really kicked ass that their night. live shows are awesome. Yeah, no, they, they were really, really good. Like I, I went for other reasons, but I, I stayed for the music and I'm really glad I did because I, I really dig this song particularly, particularly too. Um, so it's, it's kind of another, uh, a second white whale for me on this, uh, on this episode, uh, to go along with Pantera and the fact that I know I got to get back and dig into more tool because this sound like that, that strong rhythm section, like that's a theme we've been talking about a lot. And the reason is because I think we all seem to identify with it. Yeah. So I know I got to get back in there and dig more into tool because I know I'm going to like it. Yeah. Plus without it, the songs wouldn't be as heavy, you know? Yeah, like, no, a hundred percent. I, I, went back and I remember listening to like some of the, the super metalcore stuff or even like seventh grade stuff that I was listening to that I thought was hard. And then listening to it compared to this stuff is like, if there's not a strong bass, then that makes all the difference. Yeah. Loud does not mean heavy. Mm-hmm. I think that, that, that that's one of the hardest things I can explain to people about metal is it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't even have to be fast or anything heaviness is a weight that you feel on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the heaviest fucking songs I've listened to. It, Tool is maybe the heaviest band of all time. Yeah. They, they're just so heavy and depressed. If you've ever been depressed, you know what I'm talking about. It's that same weight that you feel when you're truly depressed. That's what heavy music makes you feel. And it's not in a bad way, but it's a similar kind of weight on your shoulders that that music makes you feel. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to it's do with the way it sounds. It's everything about the way the music feels. The Beatles had heavy fucking songs. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'll get off again. My second high horse trip today. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't know I liked Tool. Yeah. Like, Everyone, I'd, I'd heard like radio friendly Tool. Yeah. Like, I, I remember a guy I worked with at Under Armour, and I'm not going to name names because I like the guy, but I purposely avoided Tool because of him. Yeah. We would go in the back room and be like, oh, damn. So and so is on the. On the ox today because he's playing tool again. <laughs> yeah, and I listen to their whole the pieces fit. fit. Uh, listening to their whole discography just sounds like divorced dad rock. Um, <laughs> and but to hear early stuff and to hear that like heaviness and weight and I, I it got it's got like a head banging quality that I didn't know they had, and it's it's kind of reserved until the proper moment, and I think that is is really cool to like be able to have that kind of patience even early on mm-hmm. to like you can explore a lot of times bands like want to get all their stuff out as quickly and as fast as possible but to like make people wait for that is really cool so i really enjoyed the song and i saw tool on the list and i was like oh fuck you know i'm gonna <laughs> dog on kev's song again but i i truly enjoyed it yeah awesome. um Track number five. Uh, this will be a quick one because we've already talked about uh, Slipknot. And we talked about their self-titled uh, from 1999, but it came in right under the radar, and I couldn't go another year without talking about Surfacing by Slipknot <laughs> because this is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, it's this great. is the yeah. momentum I want my whole life to be ran by, and I th- probably am just repeating myself, but go back and listen to our new metal march. Um, Kevin and I... We did. were so beaten down by this point last, last year. <laughs> oh, man. Every album had 18 songs on yeah. it. And just like to get to when I heard the first Slipknot song from the first album, I was like, okay, this is just my favorite album of all time. Uh, it probably it's probably my favorite 90s metal album. Sure. And it just because it's my cup of tea, it's like 
punk rock but also metalcore and like the the dual uh the dual percussionist we talked a little bit about dual percussionist earlier this is just like world art and it's crazy that this is their first album yeah um because it is they're so in sync they like one guy's just like beating heavy on the drums and the other guy's like keeping the beat i forget the name of their main drummer but he's fucking incredible when they come in together it's just like oh my god like it's just like pounding and uh i it almost mimics a feeling of like when you're angry and you can feel your heartbeat through your throat (laughs) that's what this song feels like and when you have it on full blast it's just like it's perfect especially this song that says like fuck it all it's the anthem to like fuck everything i mean that's just nihilism yeah. we're gonna say it again nihilism <laughs> yeah. that, guys that, love nihilism that drum fill that like it just it's fucking awesome dude it rem- <laughs> you remember that thing i shared on facebook where it's like the drummer that like or not the drummer the the pastor who like passes out <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i the first one i ever found was surfacing by slipknot yeah. and yeah. it's during the drum part the the preacher's like <laughs> on stilts and walking and then he falls down to the drum part it's yeah like, but yeah i love this song yeah me too um go ahead ben i'll let you go sorry i won't bogart oh no worries uh him <laughs> uh, uh, fuck it all uh, uh fuck this world and uh go ahead and fuck everything that you stand for uh, I've gotten some anxiety issues, sure, but um, I was legit. Like, I th- I really do think I was born an optimist, and I, I even generally like people. But <laughs> I'll be damned if this isn't the most relatable lyric of all time. And, and I think it's just because of the musical package that it comes in. Um, like, I was shocked last year when you guys did this album um, that you guys were mellow on Wait and Bleed because this is 1A and 1B for Slipknot for me, and th- this and Wait and Bleed. Um, and apparently I just love a good squealy guitar. Goodness gracious. I almost hey, broke, that's almost a, broke that's a, You know what, Ben? That's a really great fucking hey, thanks. laptop holder you bought, Ben. Thanks, It bro. really I, works I well. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know? Fucking oh. piece of shit. <laughs> I'm glad you're impressed. I'll get you one for Christmas. For Just for some reference, listeners, I spent a good 10 minutes... Because Ben bought a, a piece of plastic. I might leave that part into the intro, too. <laughs> yeah, ben bought a piece of plastic. and It's, just a fucking it's got hyper. a phone holder. He's hyped on it. And it doesn't work because his laptop just fell off of his lap. It didn't. I caught it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, apparently I love a good squealy guitar. <laughs> That's There you go. What's and, up, Ken? You love plastic. I uh, love plastic. <laughs> Uh, speaking of rhythm sections, we've been talking about it all. The, the kings of new metal percussion are here. Uh, nobody does drums better. Uh, Dave Silvera is a lone man who has an enormous drum set, but this guy has a bigger one, and he plays it better. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, this, we've talked about this before. Um, so Slipknot's self-titled album is an absolute metal classic, whether you like new metal or not. I think all metalheads agree that this is a great fucking album. Uh, and if they don't, then you're fucking being pedantic and stupid. Um Anyway, from someone who says music is always subjective, but yes. this is objectively this is yeah this is an objectively great metal album and just a great album in general. Uh, I think anybody can find something that they like here. Um, it's just pure rage and angst, and it's fucking just shotgun blasted at your face. I think we said that same thing last year when we were talking about it. It fucking bludgeons you with it, and then it spits in your face when it's done. Um, yeah, fucking Slipknot rocks, dude. I love Slipknot. Did I ever tell you the story of me uh, at 
after we listened to this, I went out with one of my buddies to the bar, and there was a place I had touch tunes, and I played this song. And people yes. were like, what the hell? Dude, that's <laughs> fucking <laughs> awesome. And he was like, dude, are you okay? I was like, I just listened to this whole album for a whole week, and I can't. I want to listen to it more. <laughs> and I want to make everyone else listen to it. I'm I pay a dollar twenty nine to make them listen to it again. Want to hear list lots strangers listen to? Fuck it all. Fuck this world. Fuck everything that you stand for. Don't belong. Don't exist. <laughs> don't give a shit. Don't you fucking judge me. I want to watch. I want to watch fucking strangers listen to that and just fucking their minds melt out of their skulls. That is awesome, dude. Yeah, it w- it was probably the pettiest thing I've done because I paid the five dollars to skip everyone else. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and there yeah. was like five oh, songs yeah. in a row of like bro country, and I was yeah. like, okay, that's uh, enough. Better, dude. I've got a little buzz on. It's time for me to put on yeah. Slipknot. Oh hell yeah, dude! I did that with uh, with Rez on my birthday last year, but Slipknot's even fucking way <laughs> like way, way better. I just fucking I just seeing like a. Two, I, I, I have the picture of them perfectly in my mind. It's the two 50-ish year old a couple out there. Their fucking skin is far too red. It, it, it just, for some reason, people in Southwest Ohio, their skin gets really red when they turn 50. Um, <laughs> but they're just sitting in a corner enjoying their fucking boosh light and the lady's drinking some sort of fizzy drink that she thinks may, will make her skinny. Um, and they just hear those lyrics and I just see them looking up like, oh, God, honey, <laughs> what, what don't happen? It's fucking, it's, it's one of, it, that's fucking awesome. I can't believe you haven't told me that story because that's incredible. Dude. What, once we got rid of new metal, we really got rid of new metal. <laughs> we did. I, we I blocked that out of my mind. We flushed <laughs> that, sh- we put that straight to the toilet stair. But yeah, that's our, that's our 90s metal playlist, guys. Yeah. I feel yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I do too. I, it, it certainly didn't beat me down near as much as the new metal did last year. Um, and there was quite a few new metal songs on here. So Yeah. Um, okay. Let's do our songs of the show real quick. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll wrap up. I'll um, do uh, Louis real quick. Okay. Since I already have the email pulled up. Uh, for his song of the show, Louis <laughs> is going to uh, go with the 90s track, Oh My Fucking God by Strapping Young Lad. Uh, the name is all the explanation the song needs. Yep. He is right. It's fucking wild. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a. It's the most. It's the thrashiest of thrash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to Ben about this earlier when we were listening. To- oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Ben earlier when I, we were listening to this song, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "It's kind of how this. Yeah, kind of how the song makes it, you feel." To be honest with you, it's um, very familiar. I love the Devin Townsend project, and I love Devin Townsend. I think he's got an amazing voice. He's an amazing guitar player. So I, every time I get really into Devin Townsend, I'm like, I need to listen to more Strapping Young Lad because I know that's his heavier stuff. Um, but then I hear a Strapping Young Lad song like "Oh My Fucking God," I'm like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> All right, I can I can I'll go listen to fucking Kingdom again for the millionth time. Yeah. What you got, Benny? Yeah, um, leave it to Lou. Like, I feel like he he probably saw I put uh, nothing else matters on there. He <laughs> yeah. Got pissed off and said, "I'm gonna pick the thrashiest fucking piece of metal I can find." Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a stark reminder that while. While we were here getting all of this, the the blossoming that I was talking about earlier, um, with all these new different kinds of metal and hard rock and and just new tunes and sounds to listen to, well, 
shit like this was still going on. We still had boots on the ground. And this is still good. I mean, if you like thrash, this is fucking awesome thrash. I just don't like thrash. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go next for the song of the show? I'll go next. Okay. Uh, so I picked Technical Difficulties by Racer X. I don't think this is actually a 90s song. I think it was something they released in the 80s and then just re-released like a yeah. collection in the 90s. But fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> it's a song of the show. It didn't have to be. Um, it's just a really fucking awesome um, guitar instrumental. Um, fuck, is this Paul Gilbert and Racer X? Uh, let me look it up real quick. Um, but again, he's one of those guys that came out of the Speed Wars, and it's shit shows. Um, shit, shit, shit. This is horrible radio. Yeah, Paul Gilbert. Um, I should have just trusted my instincts on that. But yeah, he's another one of those great metal shredders from the uh, 80s. And this track is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it's a really, I, I, there's nothing better in life than just a really tight metal instrumental. It's, it's the, the coolest. So anyway, um, yeah, I love the guitars in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this it's a cool track. Like yeah. that's that's really that's what sums it up. It's a really cool track. It's fun to listen to. It's easy to listen to. Um, and it still goes hard. Um, my big my biggest takeaway from it though is I I can't look at Racer X without thinking of Ranger X. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, it's a it's an old Sega Genesis game we used to play, and it's. It's the only thing in my head. Like I look down into the, I look down at Racer X right now. I see Ranger X. Yeah. I, every time. What you got for your song on the show? Oh yeah, mine is the Gentle Art of Making Enemies by Faith No More. Um, honestly, this my song of the show might have been my hardest to pick, yeah. other than between Freak on the Leash and Got the Life, um, because that's when I started thinking of all the bands that I couldn't think of. I couldn't allow myself to think of when I was making my picks. So I was running through stuff like Rammstein, um, Nine Inch Nails, um, and as soon as I thought of Faith No More, I, I, all right, I gotta have Faith No More. Faith No More is way, 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 way too important to me and my own musical journey. Uh, like similar, like up there with Corn. How I was talking about how important they are for me. Um, yeah, it, this the every single album they had in the '90s and '89s real thing was were fire and they don't get enough play they're they're critically or uh criminally underrated and mike Patton is just a wild wild talent that can do just about whatever the fuck he puts his mind to and billy gold on bass um is a name that nobody knows yeah and that's that's a damn shame um and yeah, it's 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 the rhythm. It's a lot of the rhythm that really carries this song specifically, as well as Mike Patton, of course, um, being cheeky and weird. And don't you look so surprised? Happy birthday, fucker! Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I love this song. I could have picked anything from the '90s in in Faith No More. Um, it's not really. I, they have very metal songs, but yeah. overall, I wouldn't say they're metal. No. But they're metal adjacent enough to where it totally fits, and that rhythm section really carrying this song fits the theme. Yep. I wasn't allowed to pick Faith no more. I've talked about him too much, so I'm glad Ben did. <laughs> yeah. um, everything you just said about Mike Patton, I've said 40 times on this podcast already. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I mean, I love Faith no more. So Yeah. I loved it, too. Yep. Uh, my song on the show? Lonely Island by Knucklepuck. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah, I, I have so much. I, I don't think I've talked about this recently, but I have so much 
current music that I've been into yeah. that I'm really excited about. That, it's a like, rare treat when you're into music that's being released. Yeah. yeah I, we've been talking about things that are in the past so much that I I I want to like keep the theme of like keeping 90s music in, but yeah. also like I'm really into music right now that I feel yeah. the need to talk about. And uh, Knuckle Puck is one of those bands that's been around since 2014. So almost 10 years they've been putting out really good pop punk music and they're transitioning into like this new sound that is better and it just they just sound grown up kind of like when we did the story so far album where it was like this is not just this is not your 19 year old pop punk anymore this is sound refined there's really intricate stuff in the chorus and like it's my favorite knuckle puck song and i've been a fan of them for a really long time so uh yeah lonely island uh they have like a new ep where they cover a blink song and you know there's just a lot of cool stuff they've been doing and i'm a huge fan so i could not resist kind of like oliver tree when i heard it i was like okay well this is my obsession for the week and i'm gonna really have to force myself to like put aside time for other stuff for the podcast which is usually the opposite it's like i need to break away from what we're doing on the podcast and listen to other music um I'm i'm having the opposite problem but that being said i'm really excited to uh continue next week and do metal for the 2000s um we're gonna have our buddy tommy on yeah um tentatively he he, things he's a busy boy yeah things can come up um but we're excited to uh have the prospect of having our buddy tommy on um i realize we only have three friends because (laughs) those are the three people we have on (laughs) um besides my wife who is contractually obligated to come on (laughs) um but yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about two thousands uh, metal because that's where I really start feeling comfortable. Yeah, talking I about love two thousands. I knew I wanted to come on for an episode. Metal's it good, was tough guys. for me to decide. Metal's fucking good. Yeah. yeah, and this this is not going to be the the only year we do this. It's kind of like yeah. the the playlist where we got yeah. upset with ourselves. It's like, damn, I left this song off the list. Yeah. It's like if we keep a theme, I want it to be metal march, hundred mm-hmm. percent, because it's again, it's just selfish because that's my music. So. Yeah, yeah I, I have been so into metal these last couple of weeks, guys. Like, I right alongside with you, there's there's just too much. No matter what we picked, we were always going to leave a lot of meat on the bone. Yeah. And that's a testament to how long we've been doing this. It's just like we don't agonize over it. We're like, it is what it is. I'll come back to it. Yeah. You know, if if I leave things on the table, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, check out our Instagram. It's at off the beat cliff. Our Twitter is at off cliff. Uh, we have a YouTube and a TikTok, which we still do not post to, even though yep. I mention it every week. Yep. <laughs> it's uh, at Off the Beaten Cliff Pod. I think. At Off the Beaten Cliff. <laughs> oh, they're starting Just to forget it off now. Off the Beaten Cliff. You'll find it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, the links will be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, Benny, thank you for making the trip down. Yeah, man. Uh, this As is always, a lot of thanks fun. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Okay, bye bye now. <laughs>